Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gate, ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Thursday edition is here live from 6th and Peabody in Nashville, Tennessee with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The crew back together. Big show plan coming up in five minutes. U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn on the show to discuss how the meeting took place last week with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey and George Kliakoff of the Pac-12. We'll discuss name image likeness on Capitol Hill. That's in five minutes from right now. Later in today's show, Armando Salguero of Outkick.com and also Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for OutKick. Gentlemen, good afternoon, and Chad, welcome back. It is great to be back, gentlemen. Great job the last few days on the show as I played uh, uh, Daddy Daycare the last few days uh, with Angie out of town, <laughs> which, was, which was fun. I promised a Daddy Boot Camp, and it became uh, a trip to an amusement park the entire time. There were ice cream trips, trips to the park. Uh, I just decided to spoil them for three days, and now we're reaping the problems Spoil with them that. Or, uh, or keep them quiet? Well, well, both. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and spoiling them, yeah, you kind of keep them quiet and that's from good. complaining uh, in doing so. Yeah, so that, that, that's part of it. Um, it's also, uh, I feel like now, uh, a national holiday with the NFL schedule release. Do you guys feel festive with this d- uh, day and all the leaks that are out there right now? Yes, it's, uh, it's entertaining uh, just to see how the, the schedules shape up for especially the, the primetime games and the positioning of the networks. I. Paul, I look at it from you know the top spots, how the networks claim certain games, the fact that you can only have Brady on national TV five times, same goes for Aaron yeah. Rodgers and, and, and others, uh, and, and how they maneuver to make sure they capitalize on, on getting those big-name brands on the marquee broadcast. And that's not just saying Sunday night football in week four. I mean, there are claims for certain stars on Christmas Day, which we've certainly seen. Well, yeah, you guys know... <laughs> What, what I'll get frustrated by. So there are some leaks that are credible, and then there's a lot of made-up stuff over the last couple of days. And then people pick up the made-up stuff and run with it. So yeah. two people, quote-unquote, in the media in Nashville have pushed that the Titans are playing on Christmas Day on CBS. Well, the Christmas Day CBS game was already announced. It's uh, the Broncos are playing at the Rams, I think, on yes. CBS. So if they had said that the Titans and the Raiders were playing on Christmas Day, maybe that could have been possible on NBC as, as Sunday night football, but it was not possible on CBS because CBS, Fox, and um, NBC are all getting a game. So people are soaking this up because, quote-unquote, credible people are sending it out, and I'm going crazy because people are just soaking up anything that's out there when all you had to do was put two and two together to know it's BS. And are those people going to come out today when it's official and say, oh, sorry about the bad information? No, they'll just move on and laugh. Oh, it's just game rumors. Who cares, really? Uh-huh. Drives me insane. Well, you yeah. looked into it yesterday. Well, yeah, to make sure it wasn't true. 
And that's when I said, well, CBS has their game. Really? They, CBS yeah. announced their Christmas Day game, and we know the Christmas Day lineup. It's, it's Dolphins hosting the Packers on Fox. It is Rams hosting the Broncos on CBS. And then Sunday night football, Christmas night, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so what the league has done and what the networks have done here, all three major networks that carry the games for Christmas Day, which is going to be a mega broadcast. I mean, there were 25 to 40 million watching Christmas Day games this past year. Um, Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, the defending champs, all of those individual and team brands are on Christmas Day. The rest will play Christmas Eve, right? Yes. Okay. So it's Saturday is regular Sunday in terms of uh, game volume. I mean, if we can keep, um, you know, Oscar winners secret, if we can keep uh, the NCAA bracket in its entirety secret until an announcement – can't we just keep this with three or four people that are sworn to secrecy with an NDA and all the teams and all the fans find out at you one time? Not, not if you want the teams announcing this with you know the pomp and Social circumstance that they get ready for. You can't do that. that. These, I wonder schedules are, these schedules have already been delivered I, to the team. And I asked the question, though, to also ask, what is more valuable to the league? Having an actual surprise show where you find out at once or having all these leaks at no, once? They don't care. that. I don't think they care that some get leaked out. The vast majority of the schedule is coming out tonight in these specials on NFL Network and ESPN at 7 Central, 8, 8 Eastern. And I think they're hap- perfectly happy with the way the week has, has gone. We will uh, dive further into the NFL with Armando Salguero coming up, plus the SEC with Trey Wallace, the SEC in the news uh, last week as Commissioner Greg Sankey went to Capitol Hill in Washington to meet with lawmakers uh, about name image likeness and whether or not there can be federal regulation moving forward with NIL. And one of the senators that he met with was Senator Marsha Blackburn, who joins us on Outkick 360. Senator Blackburn, thank, thank you for the time this afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you. Yes, good to see you. And yes, it was a great meeting when the commissioners came in and talked with us about the issues around NIL. Well, I know you released your statement that said you're pushing for accountability and fairness measures on behalf of student athletes. Uh, That has certainly been the discussion over the last year or so. What measures are you thinking of or that came up in this meeting with Commissioner Sankey that can lead us down that path? One of the things that, whether it's the SEC, the Pac-12, whomever, Uh, What they would like to see is a uniform set of rules. And what you have right now is with NIL beginning to pass in different states, every state is adopting a different approach. And that is going to lead you to students choosing certain states simply because their NIL is more uh, generous in, in that state. So having uh, something that is going to be a set standard, having the NCAA show up and do its job, wouldn't that be a good thing? And having them put some rules of the road in place so everyone knows what the expectations are and knows what the allowances are. We think that is the appropriate place to start. Indeed, we felt like the NCAA should take the lead on this, and they have chosen not to do that, 
And that is why you now have Congress getting involved in this measure. And, and Senator Blackburn, since your meeting with, with the commissioners, the NCAA has come out and said, we're going to retroactively look into some cases and try to penalize some schools that are using NIL uh, to lure recruits to their school. I, I guess my question with that is, when you look at the NCAA trying to legislate some of this now after the fact, how plausible is it that they can do this? There's this idea of doing what's right for the student-athlete that you've talked a lot about and also preserving amateurism. Are we able to do both at this point? I, yeah, you know, and I think they would. First of all, to the NCAA, I, you have to look at the fact that they had a Supreme Court decision non-zip against them last year. So for them to now turn around and say, we're going to retroactively go after schools because we didn't put any rules in place, but our hands have been slapped by the court and by Congress. So now we're going to go try to create something and do something. Uh, I think that the NCAA would find themselves heading back into the courtroom yet another time if they were doing that. But when it comes to the student athlete, what they want the ability to do is if they're organizing a sports camp, be paid for that. If they have an NFT, they want to market, be paid for that. If they've got a YouTube channel, have the opportunity to uh, benefit or sell ads uh, around that. And there are ways for this money to accrue during a student's a student athlete career. Maybe it needs to go into a fund or into a trust. And then it would vest to that student at the time that that career was finished. There are ways to address this. Uh, Tennessee has done a good job of approaching this. Indeed, University of Tennessee has a class that they are teaching on NIL, um, NBC Sports, is working with Vanderbilt on a curriculum and a class and approach. And so that there would be a marketplace where student athletes and vendors could have a, um, a relationship that is going to be a solid relationship. So there are ways to approach this. Exactly what that is going to be at this point, I cannot tell you. But I can tell you that we are poised to do something at the Senate Commerce Committee because we have, for the last three years, watched uh, the NCAA say that they were incapable of doing it. Of course, their CEO, Mark Emmert, is, uh, has finally announced his resignation and retirement, and they're going to have new leadership. We are hopeful that they're going to work with us to to create this environment that is going to be a fair and accountable environment that student athletes, their parents, their schools will know what the rules are and be able to abide by those rules. Sports Talk Environment has looked at this, I think, largely from the student athlete perspective and largely from the school perspective, not so much from the, the business owner uh, perspective. Have you talked to people on that end of it? And what do you think of the benefits they're getting out of it? You, you like that end of it? And, and how do you think it's working on that side? I, I have talked to more to, to the school's athletic directors. Um, I've talked to a lot of parents 
uh, through this process, as well as some of the student athletes. And what um, if people want is to know what the rules of the road are. They don't want to trip over any of anything that would be a violation or create a violation that would harm a student uh, because they know the NCAA has had such a history of letting uh, violation accusations, accusations of violations linger and taking years to reach a decision. So um, people are looking for some certainty and some clarity on this issue. And indeed, I think for our student athletes, our Olympic athletes, uh, those that are seeking to be Olympic athletes, there's a way to make this happen. What we do have to realize is a lot of these kids, since they've been in middle school, they've had YouTube channels that they've been pulling together, whether it is mountain biking or cross country or basketball or baseball, and they want to continue that during their college career. We also recognize that only 5% of college athletes go on to the pros. So let's find a way that we can allow these student athletes that have trained hard to benefit from their name, image, and likeness and do it in a way that is going to be fair to them, uh, fair to those that would like to advertise on their sites, uh, if that, something that will open doors of opportunity. Senator Marsha Blackburn, our guest on Outkick 360. Traditionally, the identity rights have been a state-regulated issue, not, not federal, but because of the antitrust legislation um, that, and the Supreme Court and the, the Stern opinion that came down last year, does it make it more likely that this will be a federal issue rather than a state issue? Yes, the, the aspect of interstate commerce on this, because much of this is handled in the virtual space. And how long does it take to get something like this done? With the NCAA discussing retroactive punishment, I'm thinking, well, this is going to take years, not months. And no. all of this takes time and lawyers will be involved. Well, uh, the NCAA has burned the last three years on this and they've by not moving forward and now senator wicker has a piece of legislation that he is moving forward uh cory booker and i have the ncaa accountability act that would basically put a shot clock in place when uh, the ncaa accuses a school or an athlete of a violation so there are pieces that are moving forward that i think are going to give us the framework that we need and uh, quite honestly, I think you'll see us do something before the end of the year. And Senator, I know you said that step one in changing the NCAA for the better was when Mark Emmert stepped down. What yeah. is the best type of leadership now moving forward for that organization? Let's start with item number one that says that you have someone who knows how to lead people and manage assets and appreciates the difference between those two exercises. And number two, let's say somebody that knows how to make a decision and is not given to just committing something to death and talking it to death. You know, I know people think sometimes uh, those that are in the political arena talk too much and don't take enough action. I think it's fair to say the NCAA 
and uh, the Supreme Court decision pretty much says that, uh, they're incapable of action. And I would add a step three to that, someone well-versed in labor law. Uh, because as you know, yeah. it's very difficult to get all nine Supreme Court justices to agree on something, and they all completely shot down the NCAA with the last That's ruling. Right. So how important is it with whatever rules they come up with, with uh, recruiting high school athletes, you know, based on the different states they're in and everything else, that whoever's in charge of the NCAA is well-versed in the laws of the land to make sure they don't step on anything that could easily go to the Supreme Court and get shot down again. Yeah, and there again, as I said, there's got to be that appreciation for the student, the parent, uh, the university. There has to be a recognition that these are young men and women that are training hard, that desire to compete, and that the NCAA should be given every single day to creating the right environment in order for that competition to take place. So it is going to be an imperative that they have a leader who is going to be given to that and is going to move forward making those decisions. And as you said, somebody that understands uh, the rules, the laws has an appreciation for those statutes that are on the book that are going to set the parameters for this competition to take place. How much of the discussion, Senator, was, was regarding what takes place at the high school level with boosters? That's always been an issue behind the scenes. Now we're seeing it out in the open. And I, I'm curious, did, did Commissioner Sankey or others bring up the fact that maybe they need some guardrails in recruiting because of the Wild Wild West mentality beyond just name, image, likeness? Uh, guys are being offered, sometimes accepting, sometimes not big money deals before they even step foot on campus? Um, I have not, uh, every once in a while, someone will bring that up uh, and mention something in regard to that. The conversations that I've had have been mainly about the accountabilities, how they deal with the infractions, and then how we deal with the name image likeness component. Was there any conversation about ultimately the NCAA not being the body that holds this power and there maybe being a governing body uh, of football, governing body of college basketball? No, not, not really. And I think what we want to see, the NCAA is the entity that has been there. Let's put a leadership team there that is going to so, show the respect that is necessary for the people that come under their umbrella of oversight for those parents and students in universities, those coaches, and someone who seeks to bring that clarity in, as I said, create that environment where good competition can take place. How would you describe the, the meeting? Um, I'm, I'm sure it was cordial. Um, are, are both sides here agreeing to, to certain aspects? Is it, do you feel like you're close to uh, the relationship that you're looking for with certain commissioners rather than others? How is the how is the conversations going? You no, know, I don't what, ever I don't ever go out and talk about uh, specific conversations. But my meetings, whether I've been talking with athletic directors or coaches or or students or parents, they want to know what the rules are. They want clarity on this. They're looking for that leadership that says. Here, here is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And I think people would appreciate that. How tough will it be to 
bring forth, bring forward a plan. If you're, if we're the NCAA, bring a plan to work with Congress on this without the leader in place. What they're going to find is that if they come forward with the way they want to approach this, I am always willing to sit down and have that conversation to listen to them. I want the very best for our student athletes in Tennessee. And indeed, I think my colleagues, whether they're Democrat or Republican, want that for the student athletes in their states. Is it safe to say, as, as we wrap up with Senator Marsha Blackburn, that the current model is not sustainable without some guidelines in place? The current model is very difficult because it is different in each state. Some states have guidance, other states have no guidance. Um, I, I think that it would be very difficult for a student that is looking at different schools and trying to assess the opportunities that are going to exist in different states. So let's recognize that name image likeness is important. Let's decide that we're going to put some rules in place and let's provide the certainty that this is the playing field and everybody bring their best game. You mentioned we could see something by the end of the year, potentially. Does that mean we're close to the backstretch of this? Are we on turn two? How, how, would, you, how would you describe this? <laughs> I would say you never know if you're in a marathon or a 100-yard dash. <laughs> uh, what you do know is you better be ready to turn up the heat when the time comes. <laughs> Senator Marshall Blackburn has been our guest. Uh, thank you so much for giving perspective on this. And uh, it sure. certainly helps clarify the questions we were asking about what took place on, on Capitol Hill with Commissioner Sankey and others last week. Thank you. You got it. Take care. Thank right. you. Senator Marshall Blackburn there. Uh, and, and look, uh, I don't think there's any coincidence of the two commissioners who went up there, Chad. Yeah, and, and, and uh, met with them. And, and Mark Emmert taking a beating. Let's unpack yeah. some of this, of what the senator had to say, because she's very much in line with the NCAA will be the one to legislate this. We just have to figure out a better NCAA in order to do it. Uh, I, I still just don't understand how that's going to be possible. And, and we'll discuss on that moving forward because, I mean, she said in that interview, 9 nothing Supreme Court ruling. We've got different laws for NIL in different states. So you're telling me now that the NCAA is going to trump state laws and have one uniform rule book for every school in America that everyone has to play by those rules and that there's not going to be some lawyer that challenges that in some state right and takes it to a higher court and then blows up the NCAA again. So let's discuss the possibilities of making a clear rule book for this, which I just don't see an easy path to finding. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360 if you'd like to chime in. Outkick360, excited to partner with Aurora Nutriscience, VitaLifeScience.com, the website, VIDALifeScience.com. It's where you can see more information on the supplements they provide, vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, and much, much more. A 15% discount for Outkick360 season ticket holders by using the code OUTKICK360 at, check at checkout. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed if you're taking these vitamins and supplements. Uh, most are only absorbed in your body in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for you to benefit from. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. You can see everything they have to offer and how it works for you 
at VitaLifeScience.com, V-I-D-A LifeScience.com. Again, use the code OUTKICK360 at checkout. You receive 15% off your order. VitaLifeScience.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Our thanks to Senator Marshall Blackburn for joining us to discuss the discussion the discussion on Capitol Hill of legislation regarding name image likeness, what could come, what hasn't happened, and potential leadership that needs to be in place with the NCAA. Outkick 360 rolls on. So she's all about the NCAA remaining the power in this, which, Chad, we're going to talk about here as, as maybe not seeming realistic based on the different state laws and things. But... Uh, she she certainly uh, put nails in Mark Emmert's coffin um, as outgoing and said that in what uh, the thing that struck me the most of all the things that she said is that in a new leader for the NCAA, she would like to see somebody that can lead who can lead people and manage assets and knows the difference between the two. That was as pointed as anything she said. Uh, obviously, that's an indictment of the exiting guy who clearly she doesn't feel knew the difference between the two, which I think is a pretty accurate <laughs> assessment. But I think you raised a good point as we were heading out. To be able to govern this as the NCAA under an umbrella rule with different state regulations here, I don't, I don't know how you do that. And she kept emphasizing she wants clarity so that a kid who's looking at this school in this state and this school in that state knows that's more a state-to-state thing than it is a singular rule from the NCAA. It's a noble effort, and I applaud something trying to be done with this, but it's too complicated. my question is just how? I mean, let's look at every plausible thing. The NCAA existed for years, and so many people asked, how? How is this legal? How is this allowed? It eventually got to the Supreme Court, and they said it's not legal. It's not allowed. You can't do this. So let's say the NCAA comes back and says, all right, we know about a couple of schools uh, that went above and beyond to have a collective that signed someone for a lot of money before they got to that school, and we want to penalize those schools. Let's just say, for instance, that one of these student athletes in high school is in a state that that completely allows NIL, anything they can get for high school athletes. And it's connected to another state that has legislation in place from the state laws where the university can have their own collective and can have their own NIL program. So you're going to tell me the NCAA is going to say, we banish you for having done this when the laws of the land say it's okay. And let's talk about smoking guns also. I'm just trying to figure out how the NCAA thinks they're actually going to nail someone for this. You would have to have a signed contract And in that contract, it states, this person can only go to this school based on this arrangement with this money. I doubt those contracts are out there. I think there's a lot of understandings about what you're going to get when you go somewhere, but I just don't understand how they're going to legislate it. If you're the NCAA or any governing body, I don't know how they're going to prove it. 
And I think that if they try to go down this road, everyone is going to lawyer up, and it's going to go to courts above the NCAA. So it's almost to me as if the NCAA is run by the Supreme Court of the United States right now. That the NCAA is completely irrelevant, and that's why you've got this sort of wild, wild west feel to it in college sports right now. Well, what they have to come up with are guidelines that the Supreme Court is not going to immediately chop down. Um, the the nine nothing vote last year was in regards to colleges compensating uh, the name, image, likeness of these of these athletes once they're on campus, not the pay for play. But in the in the opinion um, that that came out from the Supreme Court justices on this, yeah, Justice Kavanaugh and and others, you know, they they said like this this wasn't a part of what we discussed, but if it were, uh, prepare for further you know, litigation and, and, and further um, restrictions or, or, or uh, further rulings like you, like you received today. Um, you have to, what the challenge is figuring out what fits within that framework. And I, I think the biggest thing that the commissioners want is to remove the pay for play aspect of this, where um, the athletes are getting money in exchange for showing up on campus and these big money contracts. Other than that, I don't think there's anyone that's saying, based on what happened last year, that once you're there, if you want a car dealership or if you want to uh, sell ads on your YouTube channel, however it is, that's on them. That, that's no different. Than, it's not just football. This is, I mean, I'm speaking, I, certainly it's more than YouTube. Instagram is a huge factor in all of this. All of that, I think, goes into the bucket of, that's the name image likeness. But beyond that, what aside from name, image, likeness, the college is maybe not fronting the money, but they're behind these uh, boosters, which has been going on for years, and now it's just wide open where they're showing up and saying, "Hey, we need we need this guy. Go find out what it's going to take." It and, would and seem that's that's but different how, than what we were discussing last year. It, yeah, but again, I get back to the how. So, how is the NCAA going to legislate? What businesses give money? They're not the federal to, government. To players. It would seem to me. Then, then why are we talking about this? Because if it, if they're allowed to get it in high school, any booster for any school that owns a business could theoretically give well, money to that person with an agreement they're going to rep at, their business. But look at some of these other leagues that do not have a CBA or a union. The UFC is a great example. They all wear whatever the UFC tells them to wear out to the octagon. That's not their, not their prerogative. They're wearing the brand that they're told to based on the contract that they have. And that gets back they to... They don't get to wear Reebok if they're yeah, a Nike. And th well, that gets back to preserving amateurism, which they keep coming back to this. We want to get something that makes sense while preserving amateurism. I don't know how you preserve amateurism without this becoming a union. And if you're going to have regulation, you regulate it like a pro sports league. And there's actual rules about it that surround it. But I don't... Again, I just don't understand. I think it's great in theory. Like, I'd love to have the same rules for everyone when it comes to recruiting players, NIL, all of that. But I don't know how it's going to be the NCAA that does that without a union forming, uh, without some sort of legal wrangling that makes college athletes, and it's basically going to be college athletes the highest level, that are making money for their school. If there's some sort of union that protects their rights – while also protecting the rights of the organizations and the conferences to where you could have actual rules that legislate this. I don't know how we get there without all of that. I see some competitiveness, some, com some competition over the clarity that she was talking about, right? 
So yes. you want to trust Lobby. the coach, right? Part of, part of being recruited is trusting the coach. Well, I feel really good about that guy, and I trust him. Well, now do you feel really good about their NIL person? Because the NIL person is going to say, listen, if you come to Tennessee, here are the rules in Tennessee, and here's what you can do for it. Here's what we can do for you. Now, I understand you're considering South Carolina and Ole Miss. Here are the rules in South Carolina, what they can do for you, and here are the rules in Mississippi and what they can do for you. But if I'm honest, I'm laying that out for you. Do you believe me? Or am I underselling and tangling up what I'm telling you about South Carolina and what I'm telling you about Mississippi? And it's another layer. Coaches do that on one level. Now you've got another layer where NIL people can do that. Do you find an honest NIL person who's spelling out the things for real or tangling up the things for real and telling lies about the NIL in those states the same way a coach is telling lies about his coaching competition. Oh, his contract's up in two years, and he's not long for there, and they don't treat their defensive linemen well, or their, their nutrition program's terrible, and you're not going to eat well there, or whatever. And now you've got two layers of that instead of one layer of that. But yes, and it complicates everything, but what the NCAA wants is that's not a layer at all. Until they are signed officially with the school, haven't talked to a collective, boosters can't contact them in high school, no money agreed to, and oh, once you get there, it just so happens to be you're making a million dollars a year in NIL, and it all just magically comes your way. Cats now, that's not going to stop any, any like. athlete from going to the school and saying, hey, what are some comps for me as an athlete? What have they made in NIL? What can I get once I get here? And maybe there's this perfect altruistic world where – they look at that and they decide based on that. But that's not going to happen. Right now, the collectives exist in part because if you are doing your due diligence as a top recruit, you're going to ask that question. Hey, what, what's in it for me financially with NIL? Every athlete that's smart is going to ask about that when they go to different schools. And okay, let me go talk to the people who are experts on that. The experts on that right now are the agents and the collectives and the representatives that can talk about it. I just don't know how we stop that. The NCAA wants to outlaw all of that with high school recruits. They, they said that law, that rule never changed. But they don't they have can't the do power it. to do it. So when she's talking about federal stuff before the end of the year, is she saying all that comes away from state power, at, even at the high school and, and level? Again, but Paul, what do we think the Supreme Court would come back and yeah. say if it got that far? Well, yeah, you're restricting the right of now. Look, but, there are so labor, she buying six there are labor years laws until it where, gets to the Supreme Court. Well, there are again? labor laws for a lot of things. You know, you, there's a there's a, 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 a an age you can't start working until, right? right? I mean, they could create legislation that says you can't make marketing dollars as a high school athlete until you're 18 or until you get to college. I don't know how they do that, but I mean, if they did that, then yeah, okay, we cut out the problem. But is that going to stop a collective from saying the moment you get here, you're getting this? No. There's no way to weed that out, is my point. And, and you could try to set a deterrent for it and scare people and do all of this, but until it comes from the highest courts of the land, I just don't buy it. I don't buy their, I don't buy their threats. I, I, don't, I don't believe in anything the NCAA said about retroactively punishing schools no. because no, of this. No, they're full of it on that. Um, I, I still maintain, and I'm going based on what the, the Pac-12 has said through their leadership, and Commissioner Sankey uh, was with them, um, where they say, hey, we're, we're looking to create and enforce NIL rules that we all agree on related to inducement and pay-for-play. And in no uncertain terms, they said, if the NCAA is not going to do it, we're going to form our own small group and do it ourselves. We're going to see a smaller group 
of commissioners get together and come up with this. I think it's a little naive. With what they're doing, uh, with federal help, and eventually we will see a power conference come together in this. And if you want to join, uh, uh, if you want a CBA involved with that, so be it. It'll still be the highest conference going and the best football in college will be played in it. But if you're going to get it after you're there. And the most there, money in television revenue will be there. If you're going to get it after you're there, you're going to know you're going to get it after you're there and it's very fine line and wishy-washy language and all that. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's a matter away, of semantics. It's not even, it's not even the issue of uh, just high school either. It's, it's the re-recruiting that goes on or the re-lobbying that goes on the through portal. the transfer portal. Yeah. And with the transfer portal wide open, you can have a guy who came to your campus with NIL under no contract whatsoever. And then it gets And me. then gets recruited to go to a different school. Happy Meanwhile, at Texas, year. you have a quote-unquote charity where they give $50,000 to every offensive lineman that plays for the Longhorns. You're telling me that that's just, you know, that, that's good for any school in Texas, or is that just Texas? That's just Texas. Um, those are the types of things that the commissioners, these aren't coaches, these are the commissioners overseeing multiple states and multiple teams that are pointing at this saying, there needs to be legislation in place and some guardrails in place that keep us all on the same path once these kids are either in the school or if they're being recruited, there need to be guardrails in place on how NIL is collective with every school, not just one or two, regardless of what state you're in. Well, and the commissioners are listening to their school presidents. They're listening to coaches. And coaches definitely want rules around this. They want to know what the rules are. They want legislation on this. And most of the big co- uh, the coaches in college football and basketball have talked about this. Yeah. Hell, we had Rick Barnes on our show talking about this how this isn't the way it was set up to be and there needs to be rules around it. So they're hearing from their coaches. They're also looking at the bottom line and the bottom line for their conferences and their schools will be helped with the inability for these groups to contact high school recruits and for their fans to give to these collectives instead of giving to guess who? The university. The athletic department wants that money. That's also part of this. Don't kid yourself. They want a part of that cut. They want those donations to go back to the athletic fund at the university and not to collectives. Because if I'm a fan of a school right now, I'm giving my money to the collective. Yeah. Because I'm seeing quicker results with that until they have rules. I don't think they're doing anything retroactively. I think if you're paying high school kids to come to your school right now and you've got a deal to go and do that, do it as much as you can right now until they form a super body of legislation that comes in and stops it. Because they're not going back in time and doing anything, but there is a scenario where they could conform this this super pack of of conferences and schools, and then they could form their own, I guess, version of the NCAA, where they get a lot smarter about labor laws within that organization. And how you join it? It's all very complicated, no doubt. It's Cat, not easy. Cats out of the bag, uh, like with almost everything that you try to. But there reel will be in. leaders who rise to the occasion here and without a leader in place with the NCAA as late as next July there's no way they wait that long got to move fast um you're going to have the commissioners become the face of the NCAA Sankey's already doing that and he's been doing that for several years Slive was doing it before him but he has a chance now to be the engineer of what Congress is working on meaning face to face with them while others complained about it in Arizona last week yeah, and I, look, I think that Greg Sankey will be the one to lead the way on this. I also, deep down, don't think that Greg Sankey wants to run all of college sports um, because conferences and commissioners 
and big money people, they've, they've long talked about reform and they've talked about running their own ship and doing this. And when push comes to shove, the NCAA has existed because they get into that game. They decide, I don't want this. I don't want to be the one that does it. I want to run my conference. But I want the NCAA to bend to my will. So will this result in a new organization? Time will tell. During this break, I'm going to try to trade Chad my pickles for his cherries. Will our set be different upon our return? Trade accepted. Well, you have, you have issues with pickles? No, I just prefer cherries. <laughs> Go out there and get you some. They're right up there on the shelf. Do you think the red he makes your shirt trade, pop? He just traded it. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Thank you. Deal. Uh, Armando Salguero is coming up in about 45 minutes. Uh, looking forward to uh, that convo. Uh, the Warriors massacred last mm, night in oof. Memphis. Our discussion of that. They should have called that game. Next on OutKick 360. Whoop that trick. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The NFL not wasting time scheduling Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. Outkick 360 rolls on. The first game with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football. Denver at Seattle. That's great. Week one. It's not going to be a good game. Week one. Oh, that's going to be a fantastic uh, we'll game. We'll see. We'll see. Meanwhile. Uh, I mean, you, you don't sleep on uh, Drew Locke, Paul. <laughs> Come oh, I'm on. sleeping on him. He's going to be ready. I think yeah. he's better than Sam that's the under. That's the, that's the one that we're not paying attention to is Drew Locke's payback. Against Denver is in this he, matchup is also. Is he better than Sam Darnold? That's the level of competition we're talking about. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy uh, reports coming out. He has been arrested in Arapahoe County, Colorado. Uh, no further information on this. He has not been formally booked yet, so there are no charges that have been released to the media. Um, but we'll see what happens once he's formally booked on, on whatever charges these are. That ties into the Broncos news where, uh, according to... Um, reports out of Denver, they're going to open the season in Seattle. That is that's the, Vic Lombardi reporting. That. I think that's the worst report you can have, is that you've been arrested, yeah. and there's no details around that arrest. So everybody can imagine. I mean, it could be for parking citations right. that he hasn't paid, for all we know. Or, or it felony could, murder. Yeah, it could be for murder. You know, double homicide. Uh, anything in between also, but we know this guy has been arrested, and that's all we know is not the report that you want to read about your star receiver. So schedule stuff continues to come out, continues to come out. Five o'clock Central, I believe, everybody releases their home opener. Okay. And then everything at 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Uh, the shows are on. Warriors. Oh. Wow. Last night, I, I have not seen a barrage quite like this with – a team down their best player. Ja Morant's out for Memphis. Uh, at one point last night, they led by 55 points. They put up all-star-like performances on the scoreboard by halftime, 77 points in the first half. I'm, I flipped over in the third quarter, and I was like, what? I did a double take and then noticed myself doing it. Yeah, like, it looks what, like a typo. What is going on in this game? And you look around, and you see bench players are playing for both teams. Um the turnovers were atrocious in this. 
And for all the, the chatter before the game and <laughs> all the boosts that these sports books were handing out for uh, Golden State, Makes Memphis feel had, like they knew exactly Memphis what was had coming. no issue with Golden State last night in what could have been a closeout game. Barkley at halftime just comes on, and uh, look, I, I love the guy, and I think he's dead on on this one. He says Warriors walked out there, and they just presumed that Memphis was dead. They, they figured, you know, after the good defensive effort where they couldn't pull it out the previous game, uh, that they were going to get knocked out and not show up, and that the Warriors just had to step oh. on the court and would win. And when they found some resistance, that was it. And they were like, all right, we'll win the next one at home. And yeah. that's what he said. They have 14 turnovers at halftime. They, he showed a couple highlights, uh, Steph Curry with a ridiculous turnover. And he's like, that's not a team that wants to play. That's not Chad, a team that wants well, to be on the It's Steph one of the Curry, worst performances I've ever seen in the postseason. It was awful. And Steph Curry, and they did quit. And Steph Curry just twice just stepped out of bounds. Uh, you know, close to the sideline and just kind of, you know, shot a practice shot afterward and jogged back. They totally quit. What was w- weird about the game, if you look just at shooting statistics at halftime, it was 77 to 50, but both teams were dead even in field goal percentage. Uh, the Warriors had hit more free throws. They were dead even in three-point percentage. You look at that and think, boy, it's a close game. Yeah. But they had 18 more shots uh, that Memphis did because of offensive rebounding and 11 more turnovers. For Golden State in the first half. And that was the difference. That's just a terribly played basketball game. Charles Barkley's right. I mean, Memphis played great, but Golden State was horrific in that game. Milwaukee also won uh, over Boston to take a 3-2 series lead headed back to Milwaukee. Coming up, the latest on the NFL schedules. Big games that we know of to this point. We'll tell you that, plus Armando Salguero in 25 minutes.